Hey church, I hope and pray that you are well. If I've not met you before, my name's Phil. I'm the rector at St. Paul's Shadwell and I lead the team here. Uh, and I'm super grateful to have been able to have some time off following Christmas and New Year. But you know what, it's hard coming back. Coming back, not that we were able to go anywhere, but coming back into another lockdown. Uh, not just any lockdown, but a cold, wet, grey January lockdown. And of course, I've been unable to see you all, unable to even meet properly with the staff team here at SPS. It's really tough. I'm finding it tough, and I think it's good to keep acknowledging that. Yeah, I want to keep acknowledging that, acknowledging the challenge. You know, we're not going to try and hype our way through this. We want to be real because it's only then that we can cry for help, that we can go and find Jesus and ask him what to do and do whatever he tells us because it's only there with Jesus that we discover hope. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to get into God's word together. We're going to look to Jesus uh, for how we continue to begin this year. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we've started by looking at some of the stories of how Jesus began, began his time and ministry here on earth, his baptism, how he was affirmed by his heavenly father and empowered by the spirit and how he called his first followers. And today we're going to look at another first. We're going to look at Jesus's first miracle. So, so why don't you pray with me? Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And as we look to you now, would you encourage and inspire us? Would you illuminate this especially gloomy January. Jesus, thank you that you are the God of miracles and our help comes from you. Amen. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Cheers. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, I have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to his servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where the water had come from, 
though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and saves the cheaper wine until the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. It seems a funny time to preach about a party, doesn't it? Man, I am missing parties. In fact, I'd even go as far as to say that parties are intrinsic to my life and to my faith. If you've been tracking with us for a while, you'll know that parties are one of the five key values here at SPS because, because journeying with Jesus isn't a private or individual pursuit. It's something we're called to together, to celebrate together. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm finding this season so difficult because the truth is that my relationship with Jesus involves you. And so when I can't see you, it hurts. It hurts my faith. It's an assault on who I am, on who we are created to be. Because, you know, God designed us to be in community with others. We were never conceived of as isolated individuals. Rather, we were made together to be with him together. And it's why scripture encourages us not to give up meeting together, but to go on encouraging one another. And that's why it's so important that we persevere and take every opportunity that we can in this challenging season, online, offline, in twos or threes or whatever, whatever we can safely do to encourage one another. And I find it so affirming that Jesus begins his public ministry not with a great sermon or with a mighty healing, but by going to a wedding, hanging out with his mates and performing a miracle so that the party can go on. And this particular party that we've read about today is, I think, particularly relevant for us today because it's a party with a problem. And so I've just got one simple little thought for us today. What do you do when the wine runs out? Jesus is at a wedding in Cana, uh, which is a little village in Galilee, up in the mountains of northern Israel. And he's there with his family and his friends. His new disciples are there. And a wedding in a village like Cana would have been a big gala occasion it would have lasted for days. Yeah, a great a community affair. Everyone knows everyone. The whole village would have been looking forward to the chance to celebrate. And one of the big jobs for the new couple, not unlike at weddings today, was organising refreshments, fuel for the party. Now, these days, I really feel for couples as they plan their weddings so unfairly under pressure to have the perfect Instagrammable day. But for this young couple in Cana, who would have probably just been young teenagers and their families, the pressure may have been even greater. That they were living in a small community with a shame and honor culture and and to fail in providing adequately for your guests would involve 
social disgrace. In their closely knit community, that kind of error would likely never be forgotten and would haunt the newly married couple all of their lives. And so here we find a story where the unthinkable is happening. The wine runs out. Yeah, this party, which is so much more than just a party, is about to be ruined. Little did they know, shame and embarrassment, disappointment, unmet expectations, disaster are on the horizon. I wonder if some of us today feel a bit like our party is on the brink of ruin. Yeah, regardless of, uh, of how we were feeling this time last year, 10 months of lockdown has wreaked havoc on our lives, our health, our relationships, our businesses, our finances, our education, our churches. Things that we once took for granted have been taken away from us. The wine has run out. Well, quite simply today, I want to ask, what did Mary do? When the wine ran out, when she realised that disaster was looming, well, she told Jesus. Yeah, this is such a rich passage in, in John 2. 11 famous verses, remarkable verses. Um, we could talk all day about the symbolism of weddings and wine, about how they're both used throughout Scripture to illustrate aspects of our relationship with God. We could, we could think about Jesus's incredible relationship with Mary, with his mother, how he listens to her and answers her and submits to her. Or we could talk about how the servants go ahead and dutifully do exactly what Jesus asks of them, even though it seems crazy. And it was hard work, lugging gallons and gallons of water around, unseen for no apparent reason. Yeah, we could think about the ceremonial water jars that were, that were used legalistically to, to cleanse people and how they became repurposed as the vessels for new wine, new blessing, grace. We could consider the abundance and the quality of what Jesus brings to the party or, or how the wine foreshadows Jesus' own death. His blood poured out for us, his love for us in all its abundance, a love which meets us in our troubles and inadequacies and covers our shame and embarrassment. Yeah, this is a deep and rich story of of restoration and blessing, of, of miraculous intervention. It's a story of help and of hope. But it could have been a very different story if it wasn't for Mary. Because what did Mary do when the wine ran out, when disaster was looming? She told Jesus. She didn't come up with a strategic plan. She, she didn't rush out and try and fix the problem herself. She, she didn't get a committee together or, or start venting on social media. She didn't look for someone to blame. And, and she didn't just give up and go home 
and put her head under the covers. She simply told Jesus. This is what to do when the wine runs out. You know, the good news is that Jesus is here. He's in the midst of us. He got the invite to the party and he is with you. He is with me. And I can't tell you what's going to happen over the coming days, weeks, years. I can't tell you that your friend is going to get well, that your relationship is going to be restored, that your business is going to be booming again. Yeah, maybe that is the blessing that you will receive. And, and I will pray for that. But what I can promise you is that if you go to Jesus, you will see a miracle. You will experience the abundance of his love and care. You will find him right there in the thick of it with you. And he will not only sustain you with all that you need, but he will pour out gallons and gallons of new wine, unexpectedly great wine, great blessing into your life. I know that to be true. Now, we've all been on this pandemic journey for what feels like a long time now. It's challenging and energy is low. But let me encourage you to keep going to Jesus. Find him in prayer. Find him as you read the Bible. Find him in a song. Find him mingling online with your connect group. Find him on a walk with a friend. Find him as you join in with our prayer week this week. Whether you're able to get involved with all the various activities or, or whether you just determine in your heart to pray more in the coming days. To be with Jesus. To go to him. When the wine runs out, tell Jesus. And as you do, may you discover his surprising and abundant love and care and help and hope. Amen.